Beyond Belief Sobriety is a podcast and community for people who are seeking or who have found a secular path to recovery from addictions of all kinds. Hello, and thank you for listening. Uh, this episode you're about to hear was recorded from a live stream that I did with my friend Angela in April of 2021. In this live stream, we examine whether there is any science behind the old saying, fake it till you make it. But before we get started, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Soberlink. Each and every person in the fight against alcohol addiction has their own reason for recovery. Maybe it's a husband, wife, daughter, son, mom, dad, best friend, colleague, job, hobby, or just yourself. Whatever your reason for recovery, we're all in this together. On Beyond Belief Sobriety, our mission includes building a strong community, staying connected, and working to break the stigma. That's why we've partnered with Soberlink, to expand and strengthen our community even further. Soberlink is a remote alcohol monitoring technology created to help provide accountability for people in recovery. The system includes a high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition that allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones who can offer support in the event of a slip or relapse. Soberlink has helped hundreds of thousands of people document proof of sobriety in real time to help rebuild trust and foster peace of mind. Soberlink is currently building a strong community of people in recovery. Get inspired and inspire others today by joining the community at Soberlink.com BBS. And now, episode 275, Fake It Till You Make It. I was thinking of this idea, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot. And, um, and in one of them, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I think it was Huberman Lab, but I'm not positive. Um, they, were, they were talking about uh, neuroplasticity and, um, and how, you know, physicality, like doing something physical can, can help in... Um, restructuring neural pathways um, in your brain and uh, and that you know sometimes by doing these things uh, even if you're not cognitively buying into whatever it is you're doing um, you can change the way that you think about whatever it is um, and so it reminded me in AA of, of the saying fake it till you make it and um, and one of my first thoughts whenever I, I hear that <laughs> is uh, usually I think of it in context of like the higher power issue that I feel like I, I was told that or or when other people bring it up that it's um, that it's you know kind of like a, or act as if is another one that's said around here, which is I feel the same thing as fake it till you make it, but um, act as if you believe in a higher power or. Um, but actually, you know, oftentimes it was you know things like. Um, you know, if you don't want to go to meetings, you know, act as if you do, or, you know, just go to meetings until you want to go to a meeting. And that, you know, when I think back on it now, it does seem that doing some of those things uh, helped me in my early sobriety. Um, so not the, the you know, um, 
pretending that I believed in a, in a higher power, <laughs> of course, you know, that one wasn't uh, helpful to me, but the, um, the going to meetings, even, uh, you know, if I didn't want to, this is, you know, we just go act as if I want to be there, you know, uh, act as if I, I want to be helpful, you know, kind of like the, when you, back in the day, um, when you would volunteer to, uh, wash the, the coffee cups and the ashtrays and things like that. Um, you know, I did not want to clean ashtrays, I assure you. Um, but you know, um, I acted as, as if I, I wanted to do that because that's, you know, some of the stuff I was told was going to help me stay sober and, you know, I've stayed sober. So I, I wouldn't attribute my entire sobriety to washing ashtrays but <laughs> i think that there's something more in there um and uh, and so i i thought it'd be something interesting for for people to discuss either their experiences with that or you know or thoughts about it um but uh but it was interesting when you posted it you know the different reactions people had to it mm-hmm. Yeah, most people were thinking along the lines that you were, that it's like thinking yourself into right action. There were some people that posted that uh, they thought, no, I need to be authentic. I can't just fake it. Um, you know, uh, but for the majority of the people, they were thinking that, yeah, you know, it makes sense. You know, you just, you just, uh, you take the action and then until it becomes habit, I guess. Um, when I used to hear it early on, for me, it kind of was telling me that, um, you know, don't, don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. You know, just, 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 just get yourself to meetings and, um, go easy on yourself that, um, things will be okay that I didn't have to have to worry about doing things just right or whatever is kind of how I thought about it. Um, however, it was used on me also about the whole thing about, you know, the higher power that, um, just, just pray, just don't, don't worry about it. Just pray and fake it, you know, pray. But for the most part, I was like, it was just a nice way to just remind myself that, you know what, just, just show up and go to meetings and see how things turn out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing uh, was helpful for me was the calling um, a sponsor every day Um, that, uh, that, you know, I did that with the temporary sponsor at first. Um, And, you know, and I, I did not want to call this person every day. It wasn't, you know, but I, I agreed to it. And, um, and so I, I did that. And so by the time I got a sponsor, I was already in the habit of doing that. So I continued that um, for quite a long time, I think. And, um, and it made it so that, you know, I, I was, it was easier to talk to her about the stuff that really was bothering me because I had gotten in the habit of calling her every day. So when I needed to call her about something that was really stressful for me, it wasn't like a, Oh, I don't want to bother her or, you know, anything like that. It was like, this is what I do. Um, I call her. Um, same thing with meetings that, you know, um, in the first few years I attended tons of meetings, you know, multiple meetings a day and stuff. And, uh, and so that, you know, made it easier for me to, when I was, having problems go to a meeting because that's what I do I go to meetings (laughs) and uh and so um I think that that really uh helped um in my early recovery um it was a habit that I recreate or I created it was kind of like a reflex that this is this is what I do um I go to meetings and even in um in later recovery um like uh, I think about the 10 year mark, I was, I, you know, definitely recall getting tired sometimes and not wanting to go to a meeting, um, you know, and I was only really going to like my Tuesday night meeting, but, you know, um, it would 
the time and the day would come around and I'd be like, Oh no, you know, I want to watch a show or I want to just, you know, veg or whatever it was. And, uh, and you know, it, it wasn't usually about the meeting. Like, I don't want to see those people. It's just, I didn't feel like going, but that's what I did. I, I go to the Tuesday meeting, at, you know, every week at 7 PM. That's what I do. And, uh, and I, I didn't regret, you know, any time that I went to it, it was always, you know, an experience for me that where I felt better afterwards, whether I talked or not, you know, just the, the act of doing it. But, you know, it's, I guess, similar with exercise to me. I generally do not feel like <laughs> going and doing that. I'm, I'm not one of those people that's like, woohoo, I got to get out for a run. Yes. Um, it, you know, I, I'm just not like that. Not even with bicycling. <laughs> Sorry, we have to have that every week. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, that, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's not, it's not something that um, the first thing that I want to do. Um, but, you know, it's something that, uh, that, you know, I'm starting to realize or recognize now that is it's a, a kindness to my future self um, that when I do these things, um, that's what what I'm doing is I'm being kind to my future self. So, you know, in a decade, I'll, I'll you know, be able to move more easily or, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, and yeah, so that's a, one of the things that that made me think of was was stuff like that. Um, the other thing was, um, oh, gratitude lists. That was another one. Yeah, I did not want to to write gratitude lists. I did not see how that would be helpful for me. And, um, and so most of my early lists were very, you know, snarky and stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, it helps. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, the more that you do it, the repetition and the, the consistency, then, you know, I, I start to uh, find more things throughout the day um, that I, I realize I'm grateful for. And, um, and so I, I have generally better days when I'm, I'm doing stuff like that. Um, so I, I really see now how some of those things that sometimes can seem annoying um, in recovery, um, how they're helpful. Yeah, they can um, help you establish a, a good habit, like calling, calling a sponsor and getting used to it. Like uh, I did, I was the same way, you know, I had a sponsor early on and told me to call him every day and I didn't want to do that. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't chat on the phone or whatever, but it, it kind of broke me out of that reluctance to call somebody. Right. So that when I did need to call him, I could do it. You know, anchor has an interesting comment here. Um, says that I think it works well with resentment towards certain people. I have had to think about how someone with a, res- without a resentment would act and then act that way. That's interesting. Mm, yeah. I, I think that might be also like in um, um, praying for people you don't like. Oh, yeah. I heard that a lot in the rooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Or just thinking um, well of and, someone you don't like. Right, you might actually yeah. pray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in the rooms, they, most of they the time do they say that. pray. They do say that. Uh, but, Absolutely. you know, it reminded me of uh, in um, Buddhism, the loving kindness meditations, or specifically um, Jack Cornfield's uh, forgiveness meditation, um, because in one of those, part of it says something to the effect of, to the extent that I'm able, I forgive you. And so you're thinking about whoever this is that that you're upset with. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, saying that to the extent I'm, I'm able, I forgive you. And, um, and that 
when I've done that with certain situations, it does seem to re- relieve the intensity of my negative feelings. It doesn't, you know, I, I don't know that with any of them, I've, I've fully been like, okay, we're good, you know, or anything like that. But the, the intensity of my negative feelings uh, seems to dissipate. Uh, I still have problems with like uh, principles and institutions. Those ones are, are still tough for me. But, um, but I appreciate that uh, the idea behind it. So one of the other things that came up for me with this is I, I heard a long time ago on a Radiolab um, podcast, they were talking about um, the placebo effect um, and, uh, and kind of how that works. And, um, and I, I heard another thing recently on it as well, um, and that uh, at least on this Radiolab um, podcast, they were uh, reporting on a a study um, where people were actually told that they were on the placebo, Um, but they were told something along the lines of that, um, yeah, you you know, we're going to be giving you the placebo, but um, the placebo uh, has been shown to, to, you know, be effective in relieving, you know, pain um, or having healing results or or something like that, healing effects. And that those people still, you know, even though they were taking a placebo and knew they were taking a placebo, placebo seem to to get better and um and uh, a few years ago i i had sinus surgery um and i had been having like you know so many sinus infections and just this you know serious pain um you know in a specific spot and uh and so the doctor said you know yeah you know you you have a deviated septum we'll do the surgery and then you'll you'll feel better and after the surgery i still had that that pain in the same spot and so i i kept going back to him going it's it's still there you know nothing's changed and and he didn't know what to do because you know uh, the part that he thought was associated with it i guess he had removed and so i i said well can you just you know do something you know uh placebo just tell me you know that that you know um whatever is going to help or, you know, some sort of exercise or something. And he got all freaked out <laughs> because, you know, uh, there's, you know, a whole ethics thing. Um, and, uh, and so I tried to explain to him, <laughs> uh, you know, why uh, I thought that might work because, you know, I, I listened to Radio Lab, duh. Um, but, um, but yeah, it didn't go over very well. And, um, uh, but I, I think that, that it probably would have worked for me if, if he would have said it that way, that, uh, you know, I'm starting to understand the power of, um, the mind and, and the ability that we have to, to change, uh, things, you know, kind of like, uh, who was it, um, um, I think uh, Henry Ford, the, the whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of research coming out now um, showing that, uh, that yeah, that, that's actually, you know, accurate. And uh, if you listen to the Huberman podcast, he has, uh, he cites the different research that's out there that will um, show that, yeah, that that seems to be a, a, a thing. So uh, Joe says that acting as if is utilized in self-help, sales training, behavior modification, and it has a place in early sobriety. He says the problem is when it is an automatic response that shuts down the other. When it's an automatic response that shuts down the other. So that's kind of interesting. And Joe says that he did get the higher power part. He said that he was confused about why he couldn't get the higher power part. And yes, folks said fake it till uh, he makes it. 
and he thought that he he would evolve into it. I think they were being compassionate. It never happened. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I think they were trying. I think they were well-meaning people that were just trying to be compassionate, and they wanted you to have the same belief that they have and get the same comfort out of it. But it's like um, it just wasn't going to happen. But he also says that prisoners are told to act like they're going to be a good citizen when they get out of um, out of prison. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I see John Stewart's there saying oh, he's wow. still faking it. Uh, hey John. 20 years in. Very cool. Wow, we uh, quite a yeah. There. Yeah. There was something I was listening to on, on confidence that, you know, basically uh, went along the same idea that people who are confident, whether they're uh, actually skilled or have an ability in whatever they're confident in, you know, oftentimes um, succeed or achieve um, higher than, than people who don't have, you know, the confidence for it. So I, I thought that was interesting. I guess it's kind of like that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Catch Me If You Can, where the guy was a con artist and didn't know how to fly a plane, but <laughs> actually did uh, a lot. Um, yeah. Dean has a funny comment here. A friend once told me he prayed for someone he didn't like, as in, God, please let so-and-so be hit by a bus tomorrow, but don't kill him. <laughs> That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Steve has a comment about William James. William James suggested in his masterwork, The Principles of Psychology, that in order to experience the truth slash reality of a belief, you have to practice it first. So the behavioral principle you and other suggest has its origins in his work. Well, isn't that interesting? James wrote a book called The Willingness to Believe based on this principle, offering a rational argument for the fake it till you make it suggestion i never knew that that's kind of interesting nice it goes back uh goes back a ways to the beginning there of uh the people who i guess inspired uh those who wrote the big book and so forth right very cool yeah i i think um they're also starting to understand now some you know mechanisms uh regarding neurochemistry and and mindset um and like the whole you know dopamine system and and talking about ways that you can actually kind of schedule you know your dopamine hits and that if you start to understand that system um then you'll be able to to have a little bit better control over it rather than get it hijacked by social media or the world or <laughs> whatever and uh, and i found that really interesting I, I don't quite um understand it yet uh, how it all works i i you know I have a little bit of an understanding of uh, dopamine and serotonin and, and uh, that balance, but uh, it's, it's pretty complex. Um, but I thought it was interesting um, that, uh, you know, some of these ideas, uh, I'm starting to hear the scientific uh, terms or mechanisms for, you know, why they work. And that's, that's kind of cool instead of, you know, I think I would have been more resistant or actually I know I was resistant to a, a lot of things earlier in recovery because, you know, Know, they sounded too uh, mystical or woo wooey, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Um, but now, you know, I, I I'm more open to uh, different ideas and to examining and and sometimes trying out um, new things uh, to see if it's it's helpful. Because you know, um, yeah, if it's not, I, I don't have to continue trying it. Yeah. 
You know, last night I was talking to somebody. Um, I did. I actually did two podcast recordings last night, back to back. And one of them was a guy from Smart Recovery, and he said just what you were talking about about the um, managing your dopamine releases or whatever. And he said like. Um, it wasn't like we got a caller coming in, but he said it wasn't like intentional, but he says that, you know, um, you start doing things that are good for you and you start feeling good about it. Like you get excited about going to a meeting you get that little dopamine spike, or maybe you're excited about doing a, a podcast. You know, you start developing um, habits or doing things in your recovery that um, you wouldn't be able to do else. Otherwise that make you feel good. Anyway, we got a caller from area code 905. Let's see who this might be. Hi, and thank you for calling. Good evening, John and Angela. This is Bob K from East of Toronto. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Bob K. How, How are you are doing? You? Hey, Bob. I'm good. Hi, Angela. Uh, it might surprise you, but uh, back in my drinking days, uh, uh, I faked it sexually a couple of times so I could go back to drinking. Okay. <laughs> And so uh, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, my late father, uh, uh, I've been thinking about him a lot, a lot lately because five days from now uh, is his 60th sobriety anniversary. So I'm presuming there's been no drinking uh, the 15 years since he passed on. But um, so he used to start sentences with uh, 40 years ago this and 50 years ago that and when you're younger, that can really creep you out. So right. I'm going to try not <laughs> to do this. But, uh, so when I arrived in AA 30 years ago and heard fake it till you make it, it reminded me of something, uh, some stuff I studied at University of Toronto 20 years before that. So see how I dodged the 50 years thing there, Angela? 30 and 20. So, um, yeah, so uh, there was something called the theory of cognitive dissonance, and uh, the the, po- the the postulate is that a person will not continue to do two things that are directly opposed philosophically. So, if I come into AA as an atheist, if they can trick me into praying for whatever reason. Uh, there's a chance I might dump the atheism and keep the prayer. Uh, I, I'm very unlikely to keep both positions. So uh, if they can keep me praying long enough, uh, there can be a change of mind. And I, I've seen that sort of thing happen to people, not to me because I'm a little more stubborn than that. But there's uh, another example of that. Uh, we had a woman come into our East Toronto group. Uh, we used to call her Tall Jane. and uh, she came for a year and she came drunk and uh, a group old timer, real nice guy. Uh, you know, he had a little meeting of some of us that were, uh, you know, pretty active in the group. And he said he had never seen it. Like people come for a couple of months drinking or a couple of weeks and they either stop drinking or they stop coming. But uh, this girl was comfortable coming drunk and, uh, you know, she would bring uh, hand out papers with, jokes on them and just come drunk week after week after week. And uh, that is contrary to what the theory of cognitive dissonance predicts because it predicts people don't like to do inconsistent things. And it's inconsistent to come to AA meetings and continue to drink. 
So uh, anyway, that was kind of interesting to me. Uh, there's the relationship of it. There's a kind of explanation of uh, how it might work in some circumstances. And I think it would work in those other circumstances, too. Uh, you know, if I call my sponsor every day, which I didn't do, but, uh, uh, you know, I will eventually come to like that or I will stop doing it. You know, I won't be nine years in saying I call this guy every day and I hate it. Yeah, it's just too inconsistent. So anyway, that's my two cents worth. And uh, I'm busy multitasking. I've got charged with writing. Uh, it looks like Roger is going to uh, stop posting new material on the Agnostica website in June. And I think this time he's going to follow through on it. And it's kind of a sad thing. And uh, he will write the last uh, blog, of course. And uh, anyway, I've been charged with uh, writing the second last one. And uh, 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 I'm pretty enthusiastic about that. And I'm honored to do it. And uh, uh, I've got getting some good stuff down on paper. That doesn't always happen. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing that he's going to be retiring. It'll be in June. They'll be here before you know it. Yeah, so, you know, uh, we're, we're going to kind of uh, put out a plea for somebody to step up and operate a website where they're inviting uh, the written material. You know, we have that gap now, and, uh, you know, uh, it's time, I think, for somebody fresh to come out and do that. Uh, somebody a lot more techie than I am and probably a lot younger, but uh, I think it's hard for... Uh, those of us on the outside to appreciate exactly how much work goes into, uh, you know, running a website like that with the weekly deadlines and sometimes the twice week postings and, you know, editing essays and just on and on and on. So I get it a little bit from, yeah. So I've been, I haven't done it, but I've kind of been close to the people doing it. So I got a bit of a vibe what goes on and, uh, I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, uh, it's really tough for somebody who has a real full-time job. You know, maybe somebody who was retired with a lot of enthusiasm would be a better pick. Well, Bob, thank you anyway, so much for good, calling. Appreciate uh, it. Good, uh, good podcast tonight. A uh, very interesting topic. I, I don't, can't recall uh, hearing this talked about much lately. Mm. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate thanks, the call. Bye, Angela. Have a good night. Mm. Bye-bye. If you want to. Yeah. I'm not bossing you. <laughs> I was kind of thinking uh, technical stuff, but um, I remember the first time that we tried to do um, callers and it seemed like we, it was like you could layer on a walkie talkie or something. You could really, the sound quality was (laughs) so bad. And now it's like, for some reason we really got our act down because they're like, that was like a crystal clear call. I like, wow, it's pretty cool. As as far as we know. As far as we we know. know (laughs) Yeah. We don't know what other people are hearing, uh, but it sounded pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of good to hear from Bob. Yeah. Well, and and thinking about what he said, I mean, you know, it, it's it's possible. A lot of us uh, come in, and and drinking isn't our only problem, particularly in regards to mental health. And and so, you know, it's it's very possible that that if you know she had uh, a split in her personality, that one wanted to get sober and another one didn't. And so, <laughs> maybe that was the case. Uh, who knows? It would be interesting to to hear. Um, her story definitely I, i'd love to know a little bit more about that but yeah so what else you got on this angela <laughs> oh well just that you know um 
I guess uh, the idea again of the the placebo effect of the the faking it part or, or just kind of belief uh you know i don't know if it's uh, it would be faith but just you know what we we choose to believe you know and and how that that works and um one of the podcasts i was listening to um was talking about the the triune brain theory and um and I won't go into that because that's kind of boring, but that, that according to that theory, you know, there's there's three uh, sections um, of the brain and that the mammalian brain, um, the emotion and feeling, that's what we make a lot of our decisions on. And it doesn't uh, it doesn't understand language, you know, so you can't rationalize with it or, or speak to it because it doesn't understand that. And so and so we have to actually do things like, you know, as if we were um communicating with our pets you know but we have to do that with ourselves um in order to convince ourselves to to do different things and that's another part of what i thought with the faking it till you make it you know the just the habitually doing stuff or you know acting as if um you know going for a walk when i don't feel like go for going for a walk and stuff um in order to to uh teach that part of, of my body that that's what I want to do, you know, and when I've done stuff like that in the past, then I start noticing people going for walks, <laughs> you know, kind of like a, when the girls um, were first uh, learning to drive and they'd already been working, um, you know, since they were 14 uh, to save money to get their own car. And, uh and the, the older one, um, when she was 16, she decided, you know, on her own that she wanted to get a Prius. Um, and so we started looking for used Priuses. And every place we looked, you know, it seemed like there were used Priuses. All of a sudden, you know, I, you know I'd see them once in a while, but I didn't really care. But because I... Um, I did, I, you know, directed my attention, you know, that part of my brain, you know, the mammalian part, you know, I guess, uh, started to recognize, oh, this seems to be important to her, Priuses. And so I'm seeing Priuses everywhere. And so, you know, I, I think that that's part of what this whole concept is, although, it, you know, it's never been talked about in that way, <laughs> I guess. But whatever, you know, you, you start to, to put your attention on, um, and that part of, of your brain says, oh, this is different, you know, and this must be important. So I'm going to pay attention to that. And, and I think that that can, you know, be a negative as well. You know, if you're um, you're having recurring negative thoughts, then, you know, you'll start to pop, to think only about the negative um, or attribute the negative to, say, you know, a certain, you know, political stance or people with that stance or whatever. Um, and that, uh, that, you know, thinking about these different things or, or trying something different, you know, can help us to uh, get out of that or, or change that, um, that, you know, it, it just, you know, we have more choices now um, in sobriety um, to, to direct our lives. And, uh, and now the science is explaining why that is. And, and that's kind of cool. Well, John Sleeper likes what you have to say. He said, this is really important. It's basic evolutionary psychology. I really think there should be more talk about it in AA meetings. And he says that neurons that fire together, wire together should be an AA saying. <laughs> neurons that fire together, wire together. If, if I ever hear that in a meeting, John, then I, I will let you know. I'll be like, woohoo! I like we've it. We've arrived. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So I did a little bit of Googling on the subject and I, I ran across um, Ooh, some yeah. Googling. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so smart. But anyway, <laughs> I, <laughs> I found there was a someone that um, 
talked about um, she she believed that uh, just posture helps. So I was, I'll just read this. Says, Strike a pose. It's often said that body language tells everything. If you are feeling defeated in your recovery and in other aspects of your life, for that matter, your body is showing it. Slumped shoulders, head down, understated speech. And her famous 2012 TED Talk, Harvard School, Harvard Business School social psychologist Amy Cuddy shared her findings that adopting a powerful posture can affect your body chemistry by adopting a power pose, which consists of your chest and head lifted high and your arms propped on your hips. It decreases the production of stress, hormone cortisol, and increases the production of testosterone, which is a hormone related to dominance and confidence. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I well, I saw that, and uh, and I'm familiar with her. She's uh, the daughter of the uh, what is it, Stephen Covey, um, the the uh, what is it, Seven Habits of Highly oh, Effective yeah, People. Yeah, yeah. So oh, she I comes along that. along that uh, that line. Um, but yeah, um, I actually watched that uh, with the girls when they were younger, and um, uh, one of them was preparing for. A speech she had to make in class and so we were practicing our power poses and um yeah and so she started doing that you know uh for work when she became an assistant manager and stuff or a shift manager i think first and and yeah and so it seemed to be quite quite effective for her um and i i think it, it helped me some um when I would do community theater and stuff to, you know, again, it was kind of an, an acting as if before I went on stage, like, yeah, I totally have this, even though inside I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're going to laugh at me. I'm going to look like a fool. Uh, fortunately, there's a part of my brain that is really concerned with, uh, with not goofing up in front of uh, people. And so, and so that would take over as soon as I got on stage and, and I didn't, I, I didn't goof up. I, I was always right on it. Even if I didn't think I had my lines memorized, you know, the day before we'd start um, a live show, it just, yeah, something snapped. And so I think that was part of it. Well, I have a really hard time with the posture thing because, well, I've got scoliosis and it's never been, it's never been corrected or anything. So I have to work really, really hard at, um, at sitting up straight and, and not being slumped over. But when I, if I can do that for a period of time, um, I actually do feel, I actually do feel better. My act, my back actually f- will feel better, but it's really hard for me because my back is not naturally straight anyway. So it's hard for me to, to do that. But, um, anyway, so. Yeah. I, I was watching, um, something on YouTube on, um, behavior and uh and one of the people were saying was saying uh that um that when we make most of our most important decisions like uh signing for a mortgage or i guess you know proposing you know marriage or whatever we lean forward and so you know so yeah so by leaning in uh to do things or to have a conversation or something like that that you know that that can be um a possible posterior um, change you can make uh, to try to, you know, um, be in the mind frame if that's where you want to be of, um, of making, you know, a major decision. Jackie says that faking it to me is just not listening to the thoughts and feelings trying to seduce me. I like, like being nervous about teaching a class or calling into a podcast. I just push through and do it anyway. 
Yeah, I I see a lot of that too. Um, like what we were talking about earlier about you know just like um, calling your sponsor, you know, to getting into the habit of calling somebody on a regular basis. Things that I didn't like doing that after a while would become would become habit. Um, I do believe, you know, I'm actually reading a book and I, I've just started it. Um, You're called, reading a book. I am. I, have, I actually joined a book club, so I'm going to be reading a book. Wow. I'm going to reading lots of books. But anyway, this one's called Atomic Habits and I'm just kind of getting started in it. But the whole premise um, from the introduction of the book is that you make incremental changes, just tiny little changes, 1% changes um, for the better. And over time, you see a huge amount of improvement. And he started, he started the book talking about how, you know, he had this traumatic um, physical um, uh, accident when he was a kid and how he had to make little incremental um, improvements to finally get to where he could, you know, see and walk and recover. And anyway, it's going to be kind of interesting. I haven't, like I said, I haven't quite started the book, but it's, um, I kind of like the idea that of developing habits because I'm, I can develop habits all the time, not always good ones. Um, I'm, you know, I can sometimes get a little bit obsessive about things. I mean, I've been, I've been that way about good, healthy things. Um, so, but I do think that it's possible if I, if you force yourself to do something after a while, it does become habit and it does feel good. Um, I'll talk about bike riding, for example, <laughs> um, you know, you get on, get, just get on the damn bike and ride. It feels good after a while. I'm thinking I might try to ride the bike to the meetings with it. Um, Brie always rides her bike to the meetings. I might try to do that too. It's not that it's not that far from my house. And uh, now that I don't have to um, drive to work, you know, I could, uh, I could probably do that. So yeah. And, and there's that one hill too, Brie, that goes from, that goes along the museum. That can be a pretty tough hill. So that'll be good for me. I need to do something. <laughs> I'm excited about our group meeting again. It kind of gets you outside and seeing people. I'm excited about that. I'm sorry. I'm off no, topic. it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, it, it is exciting. It, it's still a little, uh, I, I'm nervous about it. Uh, you know, I did well. Okay. Today, but, uh, I need to get my haircut and I, I keep postponing it or putting it off because it still you know seems weird to me to have somebody in in my space so i think I, i'm gonna have to yeah to make some small atomic uh, steps is that what what it is to to get to that uh, but i really do need a haircut because this is this is getting ridiculous uh, but uh, but you know i think with that idea of making the small steps um um i can't remember who it was that um that i I was listening to, I think it's, um, uh, come on, Angie, think, um, what is his name? Um, something Hughes. Um, and he was talking about, um, Chase Hughes, I think, um, and had like an, an acronym for making, you know, um, positive habit change or becoming more disciplined in life and stuff. And one of the, the parts of it was um, besides, you know, um, you know, focusing on something like creating a vision board or whatever, um, there has to be like an emotional attachment. So you have to, you know, uh, say you wanted to, to be able to save up enough to go on a vacation, you'd have to, you know, have a, a little image of where you wanted to go and then actually visualize what it probably feels like there right now, the time of year, you know, the wind blowing through your hair, whatever it is. 
is, you know. <laughs> um, but then agitation is the thing, uh, the next part of it. Um, and that agitation is basically, you know, something has to be disturbed in your life. So that's, you know, making a small change, you know, so doing something just si- slightly different. Um, so kind of like when you get annoyed with yourself because you're running late or you're constantly late or whatever, and you don't want to be late anymore because there's so many, so many um, asshole drivers, you know, when you're late for something, it's amazing. They just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, trying to leave the house, you know, five minutes earlier or, you know, 10 minutes earlier. And now, you know, I tend to leave the house 15 minutes earlier and, uh, and then I, I get to, you know, where I want to be, um, ahead of time and can, you know, check out the area, you know, if it's a coffee shop or like today at the park, uh, you know, kind of know what's going on around me. And, and I'm much more relaxed, not only in, you know, uh, the drive over to wherever I need to get, but also just when I meet up with people, I'm, I'm more relaxed because I've taken the time to develop a new habit by leaving the house and, and, um, in different increments, um, until I found something that seems to work for me. So, yeah, so I just hadn't heard it as agitation before, and I thought that that was a, an interesting um, way to think about it. Um, but basically, it's just make a slight change so that your brain um, your brain recognizes something's different, and then it starts looking for that. We have a caller from area code 447. Let's see who this okay. is. It's so exciting to have callers today. Yay. Hi, how you doing? Hello. Hi, John. I'm sorry. I just thought I'd phone in really because I, I just I was in bed and I just woke up. Uh, so we, we, you know, it's really sort of early in the morning here. Sort of thing. Is so, this Steve? Uh, I just thought it's one of the only chances I'll ever get. Back. Yeah, it's Steve Kirk. Isn't it? Oh my goodness gracious! Oh, Steve. oh how how amazing! We can so yeah. now I know it works. You can actually call here from Europe on this on this phone. That's cool. Yeah, I just added a bit of a Google to find out the uh, you know the time code. <laughs> but yeah, no, just wanted to, it's, a, it's been a, an intensive mind to phone in, but like you say, it's a, sort of one o'clock in the morning here when I'm uh, <laughs> So <clears throat> normally I wouldn't be up, you know what I mean? So, But I just woke up in the middle of the night, made myself a cup of tea and uh, looked at my phone and your, uh, there was a, a, no, a, you know, a notice for your show. So <laughs> and then when you're talking about this topic, uh, it's something I was... Uh, Writing about last year, I wrote, I wrote a uh, sorry, read a book uh, about William James, uh, which is by by a, a sort of academic guy, uh, an American guy, uh, <coughs> university professor, and it was it was brilliant. He just he sort of answered that you know sort of give me insight into where a lot of the sayings that you know for many sayings that we say in AA like fake it to make it and this willingness to believe etc and loads of other ones that um, you know the captain of the cards and stuff like that it's uh, it sort of you know explain the origins of those sayings you know in sort of behavioral terms um, so yeah I just think it's really it'd be I don't know uh, sort of just good to know really because I thought when I first it's a long time, the fake it to make it thing. I just thought, yeah, no, it's not being authentic. Uh, and I just thought it was rubbish, you know. So, uh, <clears throat> when it, you know, what sort of that really helped me reading that book. I just thought, you know, it helps explain some of the sort of rationale behind it. Yeah. Was so, that a book about so, yeah, William yeah. James or was it, was it yeah, by it was, William it was, James? It was sort of the, no, it was about William James. A guy called John Cagg, who's, um, I think he's a, Professor up in Boston, um, and yeah, he, he, he specialises in sort of uh, William James. I think I think he teaches a course on him, 
Um, so it's a lot about uh, his book, The Principles of Psychology. And yeah, I mean, he did, he, he's a fascinating guy with him, James. You know, he's sort of a uh, polymath, really. And he, he was sort of, um, you know, uh, he did a lot of the foundational work in neuroscience, you know, and uh, sussed out the sort of malady, yeah, the malleability of the brain and stuff like that. He did really important foundational work with him, James. But, uh, so yeah, I thought it was called Six Souls, Healthy Minds, this book. Uh, it's a really good book, and it's a bit, it's, it's sort of part biography and then part sort of you know academic type sort of explanation, you know. So a really good book. Six souls, healthy so, yeah, minds. Really, just like to say, pardon? No, six souls, healthy minds. I mean, that's oh, from, minds. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, man, six souls, healthy man. I don't think it sounds like my dating life, but you know. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I think it's from the uh, writers of the experience that that book that uh, Ben Lexus that William James did, uh, you know, about the he was a uh, you know firstborn sort of secondborn sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it's from that. But yeah, it's a, it was a really good book. But uh, yeah, just maybe to say, just what I thought it was a great topic, and uh, just wanted to say hello, really. But I like you know saying, sir. Uh, I wish I was awake more to to listen to you. Say, <laughs> Well, I I'll probably never phone you again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to no, think about you over there at one o'clock in the morning, having a cup of tea and calling us on uh, on our live stream. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Well, now that you know exactly what time it is and and what we talk about, I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to be waking up every Friday, <laughs> you know, to to talk to us. <laughs> no, it's in subconscious now. Alarm clock waking up at one o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, Steve. It was really nice to hear from you. It's good to see you out yes, there. Yes, really I hope you do get some um, some sleep sometime today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it easy. Take care. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. It was good to hear from him. It definitely was. Yeah. If the if, um, the UK uh, becomes a, a green uh, authorized country again, I might actually visit there this summer. I've been in I've been in talks with a, a, another friend who um, has some stuff to do there, and so yeah, so I I might head over there. But I don't know if uh, they're they're not currently in the green category, um, you know, which is the whole stoplight thing of where you can go and can't go and stuff like that and so so yeah so we'll see but uh but that would be pretty cool and uh maybe get to meet up with some people you know uh susan and i were planning on taking a trip to um england that was going to be our first trip um overseas together and um we didn't and then we were going to we were going to do it in 2019 didn't then we couldn't do it in 2020 who knows when we'll finally be able to do it but that's our gonna when we start traveling that's gonna be the first place we go because we think they speak the same language Someone is calling in. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, area code 772. How you doing? Hey, this is Al from uh, Vero Beach, Florida. Hi, Al. Al. Good to hear from you again. Hey, hey, gang. Always good to hear you guys, believe me. I'm down here still in the desert of uh, secular (laughs) AA. Um, (laughs) uh, Thank God for Zoom, right? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... um, for, for me, it's it's a language thing. You know, I, I, I needed to develop, I like John's word, uh, healthy traits. Uh, you know, there's, that, to me, it's uh, uh, discipline and, and, and volunteering to help. 
you know, I, which was the last. I never volunteered for anything in my fucking life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially when I'm drink. When I was drinking, that's a long time ago. But um, that the, the words fake and pretend. Uh, I, I'm just not convinced those are good things. You know, it's. Uh, uh, it's just, especially in AA, the, the way they're yes. using AA, you know, uh, the way Angela's using it. Oh, fine. It's terrific. To me, it's just healthy traits and discipline and different things that I had to develop, uh, you know, to, to emotionally grow a little bit. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think somebody posted that on, um, that acting as if seems to be a much better expression because you can act as if you don't need to drink today. Um, and that's true whether you feel it or not. So, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I you know, I've sponsored guys occasionally, all traditional AA stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I, I would much be- prefer the guy come up and say, you know, these, these damn promises just aren't happening. You know, mm-hmm. you know, or I, or I hate this shit. What do you mean I got to clean ashtrays? What do you don't do that? <laughs> but uh, you know, the, 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 the honest is that that old cornerstone of AA. Mm-hmm. You know, that that fake the, the language is what throws me off. I understand yeah, yeah. exactly what you're saying, but that, yeah. that, to me, uh, if I never hear "fake it till you make it" again in <laughs> AA, I'll be a happy person. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's, but that's I got your I attention, have. so there we go. <laughs> yeah, you certainly did. <laughs> hey, I love you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling out. Bye bye. Exciting to get all these calls. I love it when when you guys call. Thank you, thank you, Al, and thank you for the other callers. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, that's and, really and great. I, and thank you also, everybody out there. I mean, we're not done yet, but I mean, I'm just amazed at all of you guys that are sticking with us here. We still have 21 people out there. I always count. We have 21 <laughs> people out there. And I, I just, I say that because, you know, I'm just amazed and I'm grateful more than anything else that, you know, people are, that we, that we have you, that we have this community. Um, we're just really fortunate. So thank you. It's always great to spend this time with you. And I'm just really grateful and Thankful that we ha- can do that. Oh, we've got another caller already. Erica 506. How about this? Hello. How you doing? Yes. Hi. Uh, hi, John. It's, it's Tyler here from Collinson, Canada. Hi, Tyler. Oh, hey, Tyler. What's on your mind? Yes. And, uh, I just wanted, I just wanted to chime in. Uh, I, I saw this posted earlier on, uh, on the Facebook group and, and Angela, you really got my attention too. <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> Uh, sort of like, uh, like Al, uh, just expressed when he called in, uh, the, it's the language that really got me with this. Uh, it really, it really threw me for a number of years in, uh, early in, in AA when I was in and out and in and out. And, um, it seemed so inconsistent to me and, and really it, it, it allowed me as a, as a relapsing newcomer, uh, you know, to, just continue that deceitful lifestyle and you know it gave me an excuse to uh to keep doing that sort of stuff and you know i once i got out of that and once i you know once i broke out of that cycle and got some sobriety behind me i I really generated quite a resentment against this particular saying and and when i bring it up in in meetings uh when i would talk about it in some more conventional meetings uh i would get uh a bit of pushback, you know, some of the, the people would be, they would say, you know, Oh, you're overthinking it. Oh, you know, don't be so sensitive. And, and, uh, I, I honestly think that that language is very important for some, 
newcomers like me yeah. where you know the that that inconsistency or just you know just even with a facebook post inviting people to the to this call-in show i i didn't know what this was going to be about with the neuroplasticity and 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 that sort of topic uh which i i love that you know i just went back to my <laughs> my good old days uh thinking about when i was using that faking it lifestyle and uh anyway i just wanted to put in a plug i, I really want to put in a plug for uh um, being more careful with the language i guess with with newcomers uh that uh, like to play in their deceit like I used to. Yeah, know? that and makes sense. If, uh, yeah, and, you know, it, I, I really like a lot of the stuff I read in the comments and heard here tonight. It's, uh, you know, I would just say, you know, I would I love the idea of, uh, you know, do stuff you don't necessarily want to do or, you know, adopt a routine even if you don't want to, things like that, of, you know, instead of that. Instead of the faking, uh, uh, that faking language. But anyway, no, that that was my idea. I just wanted to chime in on that, and uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, bringing this on here for the Friday night talk, and and uh, I got a lot out of it. So thanks, thanks very much for putting this on. Yeah, well, thank you for calling, thanks Tyler. for calling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll hang up and let somebody else chime in, and. Uh, and I hope to learn some more in the last few minutes here tonight. So All thanks right. a lot again, guys. It was nice talking to yeah. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. There, bye-bye. There's been a call in the chat for T-shirts for some time now. And I tell you what, <laughs> I'm really beginning to think it might be a possibility to do something like that, to get some T-shirts and every once in a while I'll give some out. Um, I didn't know what to put on it. Someone suggested a bicycle um, seat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know. It's, you know, it's possible. You know, we could actually do something like this and occasionally give one out or whatever. I, we could do it. We could do this. We could do this. I think. Yeah. Let me All look. Right. Let me look into it and ponder it a little bit. Uh, I do like the bicycle seat idea. Maybe there's something else we can do. It's like you know, when you, if you have a. Um, a lot of podcasts and stuff, they have coffee cups and they have t-shirts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what if you're, if you're like, I guess you could do one if you're beyond belief sobriety, you want sobriety on your shirt. I don't know. <laughs> it has to be something kind of subtle, I think. Uh, well, we're not very subtle, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, may, maybe a bicycle, you know, with a circle and a triangle in the spokes. I, something I don't like know. that. Yeah. We'll, we'll That's kind of cool. Until we make it. Fake it till we make it. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No, I really do appreciate that that last call because um, that that was kind of one of the things that I, I thought of when I uh, suggested it was you know what are people going to to think about that because it is a phrase that you know I generally when I see it I, I don't care for it and so I did want to kind of break it down into the different ways that people can think about it and uh, and I like the discussion tonight so that you know uh, it is on people's mind if you're in a meeting and and you hear something like that you know now we have some different terms that we can either redirect the conversation to more of a acting as if or you know what are some some steps that you can take to, to do stuff that you don't want to do, um, uh, to get to a point that, uh, that you're more happy with. So, well, um, gosh, Angela, you did a good job. Thank you so much for, uh, for making this happen. 
That's another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support our podcast with recurring monthly contributions, head on over to patreon.com slash beyondbeliefsobriety or become a member of our YouTube channel. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, then visit our website beyondbeliefsobriety.com and click on the donate button. I do appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety.